Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are going to speak to Julia. So we're going to give Julia a few moments to log into live and then we're going to get started. I see her now. Hey. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Are you ready to get started? Yeah, I'm ready. Perfect. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your trichotillomania. When you started, how old were you? All right, so... It first started when I was about like 12, as like twirling my hair when I was young. Um, my uncle was the first one who noticed it, but it wasn't really anything major. Um, fast forward about like, that was probably like sixth grade or something like that. Um, fast forward a few years, around like freshman year of high school, the trick was definitely there but it wasn't anything like crazy. Like I started just to like pull it a few hairs, but I wasn't actually like doing it that bad. And then it, I always felt like it was there. And then it started to get worse around 2019 when I moved from my hometown to about like two towns over. And I guess just the different environment was and I haven't I didn't realize this until like a few months ago because when you look back at things you kind of see what triggered it when and how so I would say that around 2019 about, about like two and a half years ago um it started to get worse when I changed my environment and like the way I did things mm -hmm. and um so Personally, for me, it's always been on my scalp, um, not really anywhere else, maybe a little bit on the eyebrows, but not much. Um, and I always looked for like the coarse hairs, you know, like the rough coarse hairs that kind of like when you're going through your hair, like you just notice them mm -hmm. and that texture and everything really got me. So then it's kind of started out as like one by one, like not too bad um but then it kind of got progressively worse and then um I'm trying to think um still going through high school didn't really do it much in school it was mostly like when I was alone because I was always the kind of person who I was always with friends my dad wasn't really home much like I always had the house to myself Mm -hmm. So I always had people over to, like, keep me busy. And then I guess once I moved out of my hometown and um, I didn't really see my friends as often, like, they weren't right there next mm -hmm. to me, you know? Like, it was more of, like, a distance. 
that's when I noticed like spending more time alone in a different environment. That's what really like triggered it. Um, fast forward a bit. Um, I ended up trying to get hair extensions because I always had long hair. It was like down to like my chest. It's always just, it's never really been shorter than like right about here. Um, so it was always just right here to like play with. And it was always like, you know, just twirling, pulling, whatever. Um, and then I tried to get hair extensions because as it got a little bit worse, I could see a little bit of thinning in my hair, but it was never to the point where like, I had bald spots or anything, but I always knew what I was doing to myself, you know? So tried to get hair extensions, spent a lot of money on those, which I regret now. Um, but I always craved like this, just like long, luscious hair. Like I always wanted like thick hair and I had that hair before I started pulling, but I guess I never just appreciated its beauty before so I tried to go for something to like cover it up something to just like or maybe even something else to pull on that wasn't actually my real hair um and it ended up actually making it worse which I wasn't planning on it but just like because the extension hair was fake so it was a lot more coarse and thick and a different texture than my real hair. So I started pulling on the extensions, which wasn't good either because then that damages your hair even more. So um, kept those in for a few months, didn't really work. At that point I was like, okay, this is just making me pull my hair even more. Let's quit this. So take them out. Um, and it, my hair was, I could tell that the extensions did quite a lot of damage to my hair because it was already thin in the first place and I have very fine hair. So I was like, okay, we can, we can work with this hair, but it's just not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was always insecure, although nobody really knew because it wasn't like too noticeable, but I always knew myself that I was just unhappy it wasn't what I wanted, and so on, so on. So, um, still pulling, and then e now that my hair was even thinner, it made me pull even more. So, usually, like, my, my main spots that I would pull at would be, like, the crown of my head, so, like, the front pieces, or it would be, like, in the back of my head, like, under my hair, so no one would notice, like, the shorter hairs. So I could wear it down and it would still be like, okay. Um, and then another popular spot was like the crown of my head, like right at the top. Um, that was always like my main trigger. Um, so kind of just going through the motions, I guess. And then um, I just got so unhappy, like with my hair and the damage I was doing to it. And then I started college, my first year of college, and then COVID hit and everything, which made things 10 times worse than it was before because you couldn't see anyone. And there was no socializing, nothing that could keep me distracted, you know? So um, first year of college, it's online school. 
no in-person classes, haven't even been to my campus yet. <laughs> um, but that, I did not expect online school to affect me like it did, especially with my hair pulling, because I had no idea that that could be a huge trigger for me, just being like alone all day by myself, stressed out in an environment that I wasn't comfortable in, just like, you know. So it started getting even worse and I'd literally spend my days just like, and then I'd get nervous like before class. And personally for me, I think it's stress. That's like my main trigger. Like if I'm happy, if I'm relaxed, I'm not gonna worry about my hair. But once I'm stressed, that's when my hands start moving, you know? So um, online school was a really, it was a big struggle for me, honestly. And um, that's when I made this account around like February of this year, because I just felt so alone and the guilt was just making me so depressed. And that's the one thing that I couldn't handle anymore was the guilt, you know, just going through like that hour of pulling and then being like, oh my God, what did I do? You know, it's just like, it'll eat you up inside if you, especially if you don't talk about it, you know? So, um, made this account, which is probably the best thing I ever did. Cause now I'm talking with you. <laughs> um, and I made some friends, you know, just knowing that I wasn't alone because I felt so alone mm-hmm. and just not even being able to make any friends, even if it wasn't trick friends, just not being able to meet new faces, socialize, keep myself busy. Um, so yeah, made this account. And then I'm gonna talk about my haircut because obviously it's a little different now. So um, I, after, when I was making this account, like around February, March, um, I was craving change. I just needed something to just disrupt this vicious cycle of the pulling. Because I, I knew my triggers, like I could identify my triggers, but I didn't know how to change my situation, I guess. You know, like I, I can't change my environment. My home's my home. Like I'm 19, I can't just like move. Um, so I, I was like, okay, the last thing you can do, Julia, is just do something different with your hair. Because honestly, you know what makes you happy. And if this is the only thing that you think is the last straw that can work, if nothing else is working, then you do it, you know? But I was always just so scared of what people thought of me. So scared of people's opinions and the grown-ups around me who you know, maybe don't support short haircuts or think it's weird, you know, stuff like that. So I was always just very scared of what people thought. And at the end of the day, I was like, Julia, like you can't base your opinions or your your self-love off of what other people think of you, because otherwise you're never going to get anywhere and you're never going to be happy, you know? So I was like, and thank God I have a dad who is very supportive of my decisions. My mom's not really in my life, but she's very supportive too. And I'm just very grateful for that. That I have parents who understand the disorder, you know? So 
that made it a little bit easier that I had my dad on my side too. And my boyfriend, he's very supportive too. Um, so I was like, I was having very impulsive urges to shave my head. Now, shaving your head can be, it's a huge decision, but it can, I feel like for people who have trichotillomania, it can be a good thing or it could be a really bad thing because if you shave it and um, if it works for you, good for you, you know, like you made that step awesome, great. And I'm sure you look great in it too, you know? But for some people, starting off short like that, it could have them be bald for the rest of their lives, you know, because of the short, coarse hairs that are growing in. And it, that could be even more of a trigger than having long hair because you could probably never grow back if you keep pulling. So I was also really scared of that because I didn't want to, like, make a huge decision and then struggle even more. I wanted to do something that was workable with, you know, just something that I could like start small and then work with. So my dad, he always said to me, he was like, you know, you should get a short haircut, like, like a pixie cut, or even just like, maybe like down to here or something. And I was like, no, like, I'm gonna look like a boy. Like, I don't know. It was just, I always wanted long, thick hair. But I was too stubborn to actually like go through the works to get that long, thick hair. So I always said, get short hair, get short hair. And I was like, eh, like, whatever. So if I shaved my head, then I feel like I would have been even more worried about what people thought of me because I feel like no one would have accepted me. So then I was like, I'm going to get a wig, like if I shave my head and just put all that money into it, that wasn't worth it. And I was about to do it. And then I was like, you know what? No, this is, it's not the right decision. I don't want to spend the money. I don't want to be judged. Like, I just felt like that was like too huge of a step a little bit. So I was like, you know what? I, lo I started looking up pixie cuts and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I think I could actually rock this. And I feel like I have the face for it too, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I just, one day I was like, you know what? I just need change, like now. Like I cannot even like go into tomorrow with this hair because I was so unhappy with it. And uh, I literally, that day, I booked a haircut for 8 a.m. the next day. And I just picked out a few pictures online of what I kind of wanted and went in, got the cut. And it's grown out. It's been like two months, so it's a little grown out now. But honestly, it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Like, when I tell you, I haven't pulled the hair in like 60 days. And I haven't done that in like two years. It's been so long. And it honestly just feels like a breath of fresh air, you know? Mm. And um, so, yeah. So that's where I'm at now a little bit. So I was just always very insecure. And now that I've just, I feel like I've made a decision for myself. And just like, I'm, I'm happy now. And it's been really manageable too. Like 
um, I know you're going to ask me about like things that I do like to cope and stuff. So if you want to talk about that now too. Okay. Um, sorry, I'm just really excited. No, this is perfect. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, so honestly, for me, it was like, I was never the kind of person like, you know, like the fidget toys and stuff like that. Those never really like worked for me because I always just felt like I needed something that replicated the hair, like the thick, coarse hair that would keep me satisfied. And even also, like, it was weird, like, even lifting my hand up to my head and, like, wearing my arm out was, like, satis not satisfying, but, like, a bad feeling, but a good feeling, kind of like pulling your hair out, you know, like, your arm gets tired, but you're still kind of, like, going at it. Like, you don't want to put your arm down. So sometimes I'd use, like, string, too, like, you know, like, sewing string, I guess, because it kind of had, like, the bumps in it, too. So I'd, like, cut a piece of that or something. Or even if I got, like, a piece of string out of, like, my clothing or, like, my bed or something like that, like... Just some, if I found like a nice piece of string, I'd keep that and like treasure it because it was the only thing that felt right to play with. So um, yeah, like fidget toys never really worked for me. Um, when I did have long hair, the only thing that really worked for me was like, or to stop me was like putting a hood over my head. But even then I'd still like pick the front hairs that weren't covered, so it didn't really work um but for me honestly just keeping myself busy like as i said before like i was always with people socializing and um that was just always being around people because i never really pulled in front of other people so or even in school too because i always was scared of what people were going to think of me um if they saw me do that in public so um, yeah, keeping myself busy and just distractions. Like, even now, like, I, I work a lot, too. Like, I work two jobs, about, like, 40 hours between the two. Um, so just keeping busy at work, just not having too much downtime by myself, but, like, having a relaxing time or maybe, like, I don't know, like eating while you're watching something. So you're doing something with your hands. Um, but yeah, and I, I honestly think it's before it was kind of hard to be like, okay, Julia, like just control yourself. Like just, but it honestly just take it minute by minute. Like for me, it was just like, okay, like what am I going to do next? Like, what can I do that? Um, will keep me busy and not be like, okay, like, what am I doing? Like, always have a plan, you know, just keeping that schedule and mindset just in focus and just then this will grow all by itself, you know, and just like now I feel like I can touch it and not be triggered. And, of course, the trick hasn't fully gone away and it probably never will. Um, I'm not going to say like I'm cured or anything because I still definitely have temptations and triggers like if I still feel like coarse hairs or 
something like that or one's like sticking out and I'm like oh how does that feel you know like Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay Julia like stop like stop right now like it's not worth it it's not worth it um so yeah that's kind of that's kind of that it's my story (laughs) well congratulations on 60 days oh my god wow that's really really huge that's really huge I know um I love hearing your story. I love hearing about the haircut, especially because, you know, a lot of people do go from that jump of like zero to 100 and, and right. shape. maybe that isn't, like you said, the best option, but now you're giving, you know, people the inspiration to, Hey, I can still get a short cut, but maybe not all the way. Right. Uh, but thank you for that as well. Right. Tell me about the time when you found out trick was a thing, you know, you found the name for it. How did that make you feel and kind of what was that situation? Um, I'd say I was probably like, it was probably freshman year of high school, because I didn't really know what it was. But I just knew the sensation that I was feeling and I liked it, you know. And I always knew it was a little weird. Um, You know, I don't think my friends ever did it. But my mom would always be like, why are you pulling your hair like that? Why are you pulling your hair? And I'm like, Mom, I don't know. Like, I just like it, you know, and I kind of just brush it off. Mm -hmm. Um, But then once it got to a point where, like, I was like, okay, like, um, this is something serious, you know, like, this can't be normal. So I would say it was probably, like, beginning of high school when I actually put a name to it. Mm -hmm. And I probably just, like, looked it up or something, like, hair pulling or, I don't know, something like that. And I, I guess, I don't remember the exact moment, but I guess, and it was like a whole new world, you know? And I was like, wow, like, I'm not alone in this. And I think it was such a great feeling, but also such a lonely feeling, because it was like, okay, who do I go to for this? Like, I don't know, it was just like, what, where do I go? Where do I go from here? You know, mm-hmm. like, is it gonna get worse? And obviously I didn't know what the future held. So, um, yeah, I think I, I definitely educated myself by doing some personal research. Um, but it was definitely a lonely experience because I was young and I didn't know who to go to. And I mean, I had a, a counselor that I was close with in high school, too. So she was always very supportive. Um, shout out, Miss Fields. But um it was just something that never, I never really took as a priority, like as I do now, because I'm more grown and self-aware. But before it was kind of just like, okay, I have this, I know the name of it now, but I don't really know how to deal with it, you know? Yeah, so that was definitely like a lonely time during high school, I guess, of just not knowing who to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. And did you end up sharing with your parents and like educating them or like some of your close friends or did you kind of keep it to yourself for a little bit? Definitely kept it to myself for a few years. Um, I think my parents definitely noticed, but I don't think they knew what it was. They had no idea. Um, So, but I would say I definitely started talking about it like 2019 And especially when I started dating my boyfriend, when you get so close to someone, you know, they start to notice or 
little things that you do or little quirks that you have. And that was definitely a big one that um, he didn't know how to deal with. He didn't know what the hell it was. He didn't know how to deal with it. And, um, you know, I just started educating him and just being like, look, this is what I have. Um, it's, it's a disorder that I have and I'm probably always going to have it, but I'm dealing with it and I just need you to be supportive, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely my close friends noticed and knew, and I, I probably eventually told them, but I don't think I, I definitely kept it, to, kept it to myself for about like four years mm-hmm. until I got a little bit more grown up, educated myself on things, um, and then wanted to speak out about it, you know, because I knew people noticed, but I didn't want them to think I was like weird. Like I wanted to be like, okay, like, listen, I'm struggling with this and you take it how you want it. You know, you can either be supportive or people interpret things like that different ways. So I'm just very grateful that I have people around me that are very supportive. That's wonderful. Now, when you told your boyfriend, I know that, you know, personally, and I've heard from other people that like, you build it up in your head, like, oh, they're gonna break up me or think that I'm weird. And then you tell Mm -hmm. them and you have this sense of like, oh, that wasn't so bad after all. Do you feel like you had the same experience? Um, I don't think it was so much like it wasn't so bad after all. But it was like, okay, like now he knows, you know, like, I didn't know what was going on in his head. You know, so because I know I would my head was so mumble jumbled with dealing with myself. So, um, yeah, I think it was kind of like, okay, I'm glad he knows what it is and he can take it how he wants it, how he wants to, you know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say, like, they can take it however they want to. You know, it's, it's, you know, you have educated them and if they want to feel a certain type of way about that, they can. I really like that approach just because sometimes it feels like, when you share, you're like, do I want them to have this certain narrative or do I want them to think about it a certain way? And you're like, hey, let me educate you and take it. How did you get to that, to that mindset? Or has it always been something you kind of felt? Um, I would say it's taken a lot of reflecting on things. Um, Definitely um, reflecting on how I feel about myself too like um but as I said before I was always very insecure so you know I'd be very insecure about the way my hair looked or my looks or just like I would look at other girls and with their thick you know young beautiful hair and they just like I'm like oh you you take it for granted you know like I wish I was you but I would never tell them that you know so I think it was, I don't think I was always like that. I never had that mindset for the past, like, all three or two years. But it's taken a long time to get to that point. And I'm happy where I am now. But I would say that 2019, Julia was very insecure. And um, it's just taken a while to build that self-confidence and just know that this is me, you know, and... I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is me. Take it or leave it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. 
Now, when you made this account, you were just like, you said you were feeling lonely and you're like, I want to get out there. Right. Did you make it, um, was it like only on Instagram or did some people like to post on Facebook too? What was like that? that oh, that's a good point. So um, first it wasn't Instagram immediately. It was like the Trichotillomania group. What are they called? Like the groups, um, mm -hmm. like so the private groups that you can join. And I was just looking for something like people to just be like, I have this too. Like, I know what you're going through. And once I found that, it was like a whole new world. Like, I didn't even know the Instagram world was a thing either. Mm -hmm. um, or at least the trichotillomania like group Instagram thing. But Facebook, when people like post um, in the group and they'd be like, hey, like, um, I'm having such trouble, like, um, I'm having like a uh, oh my god what's the word just that they they were like struggling you know and they just wanted to reach out to people that understood what they were going through and just get some support or just feedback or just something that they knew what they were going through and I was like I love that stuff like I would send like screenshots to my boyfriend and be like look at this like there's other people who know what I'm going through and just like I think I even posted on what I only posted on there once and I was two days pull free and it was my first two days pull free in like months and I was so proud of myself and I got like good feedback you know a couple comments and stuff but um, that was definitely where it started because I knew Facebook had groups like that, um, for different things. So, um, yeah, that was definitely a good choice that I made too. Like if you're ever looking for support, those are definitely good. Um, Facebook is a great place to go because there's so many different ages. There's like five-year-olds who struggle with trick, 70-year-olds, like just everyone and everything like it's just such a great place. So then once I saw that there was a group on there, that wasn't really interactive enough for me. Like it was mostly just like post one thing, or if you have like a question or something and you need like a few answers or people's opinions, that was a great place to go. Um, or if you kind of wanted to just ask people like things to use for hair growth or, you know, like little things like that. Um, but I wanted something more, interactive something that I could like express myself and just create like a community I guess and once I made the I was so scared to make the account too because a lot of my high school friends didn't know that I had trick and I knew you know like uh, how you know Instagram does the things like oh someone's new to Instagram like follow them mm -hmm. even if you don't even have mutual followers like so I was kind of scared that I would like show up on someone's like suggested or something like that. But I was like, Julia, like you can't be so scared of what everyone thinks of you. Like you're not in high school anymore. Forget what those people think. If again, if they want to be supportive, they will. Or who knows, maybe even someone who I went to high school with ha was going through the same thing and we had no idea, you know? So I think I definitely just wanted to get it out there that I had it. And, you know, this is me again. Um, and definitely something a little bit more interactive to make friends like you. Um, and just do like things like this, you know, and just 
support each other and make new friends and just get out there, you know? Yeah. And did you notice that people from your high school, did anyone me like message you and say that they also have trick? Actually, oh, I didn't know you were going to say that. But no one messaged me and said that they had trick from high school. But um, it was kind of nice. Like once I made my account, even strangers who I didn't even know, like they would, you know, DM me and be like, hey, like I just found your account. Like I've been dealing with this for the past few years. Like you've inspired me. Um, even just like little things like that for, from someone who you barely even know can like make your day. Mm -hmm. Or even people would ask me, like, hey, like, what works for you? Or they'd, like, private message me. And that makes me so happy, you know, just to help people. Mm -hmm. Because I know that it took a long time to get where I am for myself. And there's a lot of people out there who were 2019 insecure, Julia, who still are struggling with that. And, hey, if I can help one person, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what would be some advice that you would give someone who is on the verge of, like, sharing their story? Or they're kind of scared. What would you tell them? Um, let me think for a minute. Um, I would say, I don't want to say don't care what anyone thinks because I cared what everyone thought when I was in that stage. Um, but I would just say, Take it day by day. Do what you're comfortable with. Know your limits. Obviously, you know yourself best. Just block out the haters, even though that's hard to do. But just do what you're comfortable with. You know when you need change. You know when you want to reach out or you just want to do something, but you don't know how to started like I knew I wanted to make an Instagram account for so long but I was so scared and I didn't really know how to like make and get new followers and just like reach out you know so um I would say yeah just know what you're comfortable with know your limits take it slow and um yeah um yeah even if even if um are you wait are you talking about like making an account or just Make, like telling yeah. people either one both you could answer for both ways yeah i would just say don't be scared to do something new because it could lead you you never know where it's going to lead you and it could lead you somewhere great and if you don't like it hey you can reverse back even if you did it you can just be like okay i'm not comfortable with this I'm not ready. And again, you know your limits, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now how about someone who wants to tell, like, their close friends? Oh, you froze. Yeah, I think. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, perfect. What about someone who, it might be the same type of advice, but someone who wants to, you know, share with their close friends and they haven't really before? Um, I would say... Do it when you're ready. Don't feel like you have to. Um, yeah, definitely do it when you're ready and do it as more, I would say, explain like what you're going through. And I know everyone doesn't have people in their life who can't like have that 
flexible state of mind, you know, like maybe their parents are old fashioned or their friends just don't get it, but you're never going to know how someone's going to react unless you tell them and you tell them as the way you want to tell them as comfortable as it makes you feel. But, and as soon as you tell them, I feel like you're going to know who you can trust, who's going to be supportive and who's not because some people I feel like are going to take it as like, okay, like, and what do you want me to do with this information? You know? And it's kind of like, okay, like you deal with that. But then I feel like other people are going to be like, okay, you know, thanks for telling me. Thanks for educating me. Um, how can we move forward with this? How can I support you? How, and they're going to be a lot more aware when they're around you. And I think it's important to have people around you who or not everyone, but maybe just like a couple of your close friends to just know the real you. And if they know what you're going through, then they can support you even more and or even in little ways, you know. Um, so you just don't feel so alone, you know. Yeah, and I think the guilt and the loneliness is what's going to bite you in the end. Like, you can't hold on for that, for hold on to that for so long, because it'll eat you up, literally. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not healthy. Yeah. So definitely talk about it. Or even if you have a counselor at school that you can talk about or a therapist you can go to, just anyone who you can confide in, because... You can't keep it to yourself the whole time because it's not healthy. Right. And you don't, you never know like who experiences something maybe even similar. Right. If they have it too. I I was just with three other people and they asked, you know, what do you, what do you do? And I said, I wrote a book and I told them about it. And then two out of those three people were Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, I do it too. Really? What? Like that was like a, I said 75 percent of us do it you know out of this four three of us I'm like whoa like that's you never know when you when you share who's gonna you know open up and share too because a lot of times you're like I don't want people to think I'm weird I'm just not gonna say anything mm-hmm. right yeah opens the doors for other people even for myself too like um I'd say this is pretty important too but like um a big moment for me coming out to the world um was it was like oh my god what was the year it was 2000 I think it was January of 2020 right before COVID hit and I had um I was taking an elective for psychology in high school um I was a senior and um we had to do this project on mental disorders and of course this is when I was starting to get a little bit more comfortable with myself, like still insecure, but I wanted to speak out and I wanted people to be educated. Um, But I didn't really know how to. So when we had this project, this was like a chance for me to kind of like talk about and educate people or my high school friends on something that I personally have went through. So, you know, I told my, I had a great psychology teacher. She was very nice. Um, and she, I was like, Hey, like, I just want you to know that I'm going to do my project on a disorder that I have. 
she was like, oh my God, like, that's amazing. Like, I don't think, I don't know anyone else that would have the balls to do that, you know? Like, if you're comfortable with doing this, then you do it. And I took that as just a, a time to educate people. And it was right after I had also got my Keen bracelet and I was starting to like try different methods and I was really excited about that too to just like start using it and stuff. Um, so I basically just did like, I didn't do anything crazy, but I literally just sat right here in this spot and I made a script and I did like, you know, the history of trichotillomania, what it's about, how many, you know, just the basics and stuff. And then I talked about my experience and like what people like me do to help cope with trichotillomania and, um, just like hope for the future and stuff. So I just made a video, just literally me talking, reading off my script. It's like three minutes, just talking about myself and my experience and how people like us who deal with this, what's going on in our heads, you know, and why we do it. And honestly, it was the most nerve wracking thing I had ever done, but it was so worth it because I think that was the first time that I really like expressed myself to people that was not my boyfriend or my dad, you know, like other people who didn't even know, who saw me every day and didn't know that I had it. So it was kind of like exposing myself, but I was excited to just educate people again. Um, and people loved it. They were like, wow, that was really good, Julia. And I got some really good feedback on it. And I was proud of myself, you know, even though it was a huge step, but it wasn't the whole world. It was just one class. And just to start with that one class um, of some people who knew me and some people who didn't to know that about me definitely was a step in the right direction to finally like talking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Like, yeah. that is so courageous. I would be like, I'm like, a pretty nervous person mm -hmm. I mean not, like on Instagram lives and stuff but like at that age oh my gosh mm -hmm. like, that's so incredible wow you should very much be proud of yourself because that's just like mind-blowing the mm -hmm. courage to do that like that's so cool yeah it was scary but honestly I don't regret it and I'm, I'm really glad I did it because I just look back and I'm like wow Julia like you did that you know yeah. <laughs> oh yeah like you did that like for your class like oh my gosh like wow that's yeah. absolutely fantastic that right, and right. all the awareness that you spread just from that and then now right. you know we're spreading awareness on instagram on facebook and stuff but i mean what oh that's a big step that's mm -hmm. very awesome that's yeah cool. <laughs> that is great now yeah. i like to ask people about um some advice that they would give parents because I do often have, you know, parents ask me, you know, what are some things that work for you? And I try to think, what would I want? You know, I had um, my mom who was very hands-on, almost too hands-on. Like mm -hmm. every second was like, where are we going? What are we doing with this? And then my dad was supportive in a different way. And so like that balance worked for me. Mm -hmm. But um, I do like to ask other people, what are some pieces of advice you would give to parents? Maybe things that worked for you, you know, with trip growing up? Um... I would say 
don't be too hovering because then that could stress someone with trick out even more. Like, I know you're trying to be supportive and um, just check up on them, but it can be to a point where if you don't give someone their time to think and reflect themselves, then it might make it even worse. Um, uh, my dad, he's, he's always at work. So I'm like, oh, I have the house to myself most of the time. Um, but we're very close. Like we have a good relationship. Um, he was always, he's the kind of guy who will give you your space until something, until something's wrong and you ask him to help or whatever, or like, if it's actually like a serious situation and he knows you're struggling, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I would say just be there for them, you know, be open ears, you know, just listen, listen to what they have to say, take everything into consideration because I feel like if someone with trick is speaking out, then and they they're asking you for help or something like that then they need the help because they're struggling you know mm -hmm. because i feel like a lot of us go through it alone we ref we reflect on it by ourselves which can be unhealthy like i said before if you don't talk about it and maybe you don't want to talk about it with your parents but and you can even say as a parent like i'm here for you if you ever want to talk and just let me know if you ever want to talk to someone else or maybe even give them an outlet or a chance to talk to someone else like a therapist or family member i don't know mm -hmm. um that's maybe not them because there can be a little bit you know insecurity or judge scared of judgment or something like that so i would just say be supportive definitely definitely keep the communication open and just know that you're there if they need to talk. Um, and yeah, just give them the outlets that they need, you know, um, because I think that's the most important thing is, is talking about it. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, Julia, you have been so wonderful to talk to. Is there anything else you would like to say before we wrap up? Um, I don't know. Just um, everyone be well out there. We all know what you're going through. And um, if you ever want to talk, me or Barbara are always here. And uh, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. And I'm, I'm sure I'll speak with you soon. And mm -hmm. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you, too. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye.